Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've got to give what you take, ladies and gentlemen. Happy New Year! It's the Football Ramble. My name's Marcus Speller and Jim Campbell's here. Hello. Luton Moore's here. All right. Oh, and you're here. ramble everybody sometimes the clothes do not make the man and that is the case with pete donaldson uh, he's not here no he's not no. here again he, he's stuck in dallas mm. that's not a lie because he went out to america for brunch it sounds like, yeah <laughs> stuck in dallas does, does sound like a euphemism doesn't it it sounds like uh you know what was well uh, it should be a spin-off of dallas what pete donaldson in dallas <laughs> Dallas does Donaldson. I think it's probably <laughs> what's happening. It has happened, hasn't mm. it? Yeah. Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, when we sort of when, when there's a bit of uh, chat about Pete, even when he's here, we actually tone it down for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, that is the truth. Apparently, there was a lightning storm at the uh, around uh, where he was, so passengers. It wasn't a case of can't get on the on on the plane to fly away. They couldn't get on the bridge to get onto the plane. Right. And it, so the way he explained it sounds to me like he was very confused. Yeah. And the last thing we heard from him was that um, all the shops in the US were stopping him buying Sudafed um, because he was ill. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. always ill because he doesn't ever eat any vegetables. Um, <laughs> but that is true, isn't it? I mean, that is true. Essentially, yeah. even I eat vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, and so he wasn't able to buy Sudafed because I think in the US they have a problem with it due to people make, making meth with it, so it's regulated. Yeah. And, and I'm and sure Pete, and like, Pete no looks, other no other product is available. But Pete looks exactly like a meth addict. Yeah. So. <laughs> It makes sense when you think about it. Well, so he's, basically, he's had a terrible time. Yep. He's not here. But that doesn't mean we have to have a terrible time here. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, uh, well, we've had a great time in the Premier League of late. Two scorpion kicks mm. of of, uh, of of sublime quality. Normally you get one every, I don't know, five, Decade. ten years or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think until Mkhitaryan scored one, I don't think I'd seen one scored that I can remember. Yeah, definitely no, no Newcastle United players have uh, scored on eight eighty. <laughs> who, sco- who scored? I think Lauren Robert scored something. Did he? Did, did, did Roberto Mancini score one as well? Well, that rings a bell. Was it for Leicester, maybe? 
when he played for them for a season. He might have scored a back heel. Stri- it was okay. a corner came in a okay. back heel. What I'm saying is they weren't still. part of I mean, yeah. people I mean that talk- we don't know no. makes your point. But people weren't talking about him as part of the sort of general football goal-scoring furniture, mm. were they? Well, the term scorpion kick was coined after René Higuita. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, I th- did he not call it that? I think he did. Possibly, Maybe yeah. he called it El Scorpion. Because, because the scorpion kick that Higuita did was because very much both feet went up and he looped it yeah. around it looked like a scorpion. Whereas yes. you wouldn't be able to argue that Giroud or Mkhitaryan's goals looked like a scorpion. Well, it's not like half scorpion. as much like a scorpion. No, no. It's, it's a half scorpion. Agree. It's still very impressive. And two mm. halves make a hole. There we are. So <laughs> Maybe we that's have why a scorpion kick. Yeah, yeah they, they come in twos mm. just to make sure that... Uh, I'm not taking complete. anything away from either goal, by the way. I'm just not trying to be churlish about it, but it was difficult to know why they were called scorpion kicks. Yeah. But everyone just seemed to go on them... Oh, Go with it, do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, it's it just the, the flick of the foot, isn't it? Yeah, Looking yeah. like a stinger. And it doesn't yeah. matter which one's better. No. They're both... No, I think they're both so good. It, you know, it's almost... It's impossible for one to be, one to be better than the mm. other. It's such a difficult skill. It's such a, such a Twitter generation thing to be worried yeah. about, isn't it? People doing, like, Twitter polls of which one was better. And it's like, yeah, damn, just I wish, wish, wish I'd thought of that first. Mm. <laughs> which one did you vote for? I didn't vote for either. <laughs> Let's um, enjoy both excellent goals. I- indeed. Well, if you could give an animal name to a football act, what it, would it be? It's a Pete question. It's not turned up. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because it makes you think of little niche things that don't necessarily have a name within football. Yes. So... Um, what I've gone for is, uh, you know when some a player puts a bad tackle on another player mm-hmm. and then, you know, no one's punished, but it's all a bit shirty and you know the player who's been tackled, he's coming back in yeah, at some yeah, point. Like that, There's yeah. going to be like some sort Retaliation. of revenge tackle. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think this has a name. No. Uh, um, and as we all know, crows uh, remember you. If you wrong them, I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. Crows Ru- Russell recognize... certainly does. Go well, absolutely. What? Don't you cut his poem at an award speech? <laughs> they've been, they've been, um, they've been proven to have like problem-solving intelligence. Crows as well, of like an eight-year-old, yeah. like, like many footballers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, they hold grudges and they remember human faces. So I think, um, I think that sort of revenge tackle should just be called like a murder of crows, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I like that. A murder of crows. How I mean, would you? The murder might it? seem a bit strong. It might need refining. Would it, just, would it, surely you would just say, oh, he's crowed in there. Yeah, he's yeah, just a crow. crow. But that might, it could, you could think it's like a crowbar. But, that, but, that, but that's nice, though. If people don't know the true, true source of it, it's nice. Mm. He's, Maybe it adds to the nonsense. He's crowed in there. Yeah, Probably absolutely crowed, crowed him. him. Mm. Luke? Um, I had a couple. Ooh. I had, um, I've seen, I remember seeing, genuinely remember in, in, in the mid-90s, mm-hmm. seeing Manchester United on one of these uh, swashbuckling counter-attacks they used to, used to be known for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very much like a great migration across the plains. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but I went for um, a long-range goal. Like a, you know, I mean, you don't see him so much these days. But back in the day, sort of sixties, think of like Bobby Charlton, your mm-hmm. saber. They used to score goals from absolutely miles out. Like it would, for some reason, back in the day, it seemed like a lot further out. Do you not think it, the old ball just took longer to get there? It might be. It might be that. <laughs> it might be. But it was anyway. It like it was a comet. Very impressive. Um, like I, Ronaldo's one for Manchester United away at FC Porto. I think it was. It was about forty yards in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. In the sixties. <laughs> no, I'm just saying a, a more modern version for those who maybe not have seen older footage. So basically. Um, that's very kind of you. Actually. That's all right. Yeah, always thinking of the uh, of the younger listeners. Indeed, yeah. um, that could be called a mantis shrimp. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you both why. Please, because the mantis shrimp mm. can dispatch its claw, mm. which it uses as a weapon, at one hundred and two thousand meters per second. What? It's so fast that if the strike it's intending to to use to hit its victim misses, the um, the follow up shockwave can kill the uh, prey on the spot. I've heard about this. The that mantis is, shrimp. That is, mm. that is seriously impressive. Yeah. Probably, I, you should probably share a YouTube video of that on the old uh, channels yeah. over the next week this, or so. To, I know this is going slightly off piece, but um, I have a theory that sooner or later it's going to become land or sea. I don't think we can both coexist forever. What, the world? Yeah. yeah. And when you look at stuff like that down there, we should act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, we, so, should, we should send our best we should troops just, into the sea. We should destroy the sea, Mark. <laughs> but if, you, if you watch, if you More watch, we already are. if you watch it in, in, in action, it can it can shatter like inch thick glass and stuff. I'm with if this is the same shrimp that I um, read earlier, <laughs> that I regularly read chat about to. Earlier, yeah. um, it, it basically creates a sonic boom, doesn't it? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I, I think the thing I read as well said that the ends of its. Um, I don't know, shrimp arms, whatever yeah. it's called, become like as hot as the surface yeah. of the sun. For, for a very brief uh, flash of light and heat for a very small mm. amount of time, but yeah. 
It's essentially, yeah, essentially um, sonic booms things to death. Over right. to you, Donald. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm with Jim on this. I think we should brick up the sea um, <laughs> as quickly as possible. Um, I, I had a couple of answers. I thought, you know that thing that, that players, like Cristiano Ronaldo does it very well, where he's running in one direction um, with his, say he's controlling the ball more with his right, Mm. And then he he kind of does a Cruyff turn to change direction, but to change yeah, direction yeah, 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 suddenly. Yeah. I thought you, I, that may well have a name. If it does, forgive me. I'm an old man. Yeah. Um, but if it doesn't, or even if it does have a name, let's rebrand it or brand it. Um, I, I'd like to call that a gazelle. Okay, yeah. Because gazelles, nice. when they run from their prey, they yeah. kind of they jump around. Don't change they? direction. Now, I'm not talking about stotting. No. Is it stotting? Where they, they just, doesn't matter. You're not talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I quite. I, I think that. Could, he, well, Adidas have got a trainer called the Gazelle, so they'll be looking to patent it. I expect. <sighs> mm. I'm, so, always on, I'm always on. I'm always on Adidas time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you should never sign that image rights deal, mate. I tell you. Even when I don't back mean in 2009. To. <laughs> I'll call it a Puma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So he, he gazelled past him, which, mm. which is a quite a graceful thing. The other thing I thought of was when somebody does a standing header, like Robert Huth, away, um, the Leicester mm. away to Spurs last season, mm. when they stand there. Flamingos are known for standing. I know it's often on one leg, but um, are calling that type of header a flamingo. Oh, that's poor. Yeah. Oh, that's poor. What, he flamingoed in at yeah. the back post? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he does <laughs> it standing on one leg, then absolutely. You're right not to go for that one. Yeah, so yeah. I'll stick with Gazelle. Yeah, good man. I think, uh, I think Luke's got the point. Well, I'm dedicating the points to the Mantis Shrimp. <laughs> Surely and truly yeah. one the of the... greatest threat to our existence... <laughs> The world has ever known. One of the more impressive and yeah. terrifying uh, parts Think of the animal kingdom. Think about it, kingdom. if that and octopuses can suddenly come on land, it's over. Yeah. Would you call it a weapon of mass destruction? Because if you do, there's people in Parliament in the wrong It's actually a very... It's a weapon of actually very, very limited destruction, but <laughs> if you're in that particular sort of vicinity, you're yeah. in big trouble. Yeah, I bet there's loads of them, though. Yeah, they were probably like a gang up, like a gang up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. OK, then, well, let's, let's move on to the Premier League. Uh, Manchester United beat West Ham 2-0 away. Mike Dean, he was oh, at the heart God, of it. Yeah. Forget the game, let's get to this. <laughs> Back amongst it. It was... Uh, he's had a lot of press coverage. I mean, I think Gary Lineker said he... he Which is just the way he likes it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> he said he was uh, feeling a bit left out or he wanted attention. Well, my goodness, he got it. Mm. I, um, I mean, actually, sorry to cut in, Marcus, no. but all of this behaviour started before the game had even kicked off. Did you see him run out and just waft away all the bubbles them, with that furious look he's got. No, this is a silly use of water. Yeah, do you don't think... have time for this. I'm a very serious. When man. I first saw him do that, I, I'm always because I'm always sort of um, I, I genuinely generally want to give the benefit of doubt to the referees. It's of a course. hard job, and yeah, I said yeah. to you guys before, I've bored you all to death about how when I was researching the referees chapter in the book we mm. wrote, you end up feeling quite not sorry for them, but actually in, in awe of how difficult it is to do what they do. And so I'm always coming from the point of view of wanting to be on the side of the referee whenever yeah. I can. And the Mike Dean thing when it happened at the beginning of the game when he was wafting those bubbles out of the way, um, I thought, well, he's probably quite focused. He wants to get his, it's, it's a difficult job. He wants mm-hmm. to get it right. It's probably the last thing he needs. So fair enough. And then what was it about 15 minutes in? He sent off for Gooley for yeah. that. And I was thinking, the guy doesn't make it easy. <laughs> it doesn't make it easy for you to defend him. You know, mm, the thing right. is with that for Gooley challenges, it was a big clash and a coming together. And he did have two feet off the ground. And Dean, from his position, may have seen that. It, yeah. was, it wasn't a sending off, I don't think. But yeah, I, I don't. That's, that's the difficulty. Like, in one sense, it's not a howler. Because, as you say, you know, he was off the ground. It did. It was a big coming together, and, and the way Phil Jones reacted, and Phil Jones is within his rights to. Re- I think Phil Jones w- would have been at least a little bit hurt by that. Yeah, I, I mean, a man clattered into him. It's the second. It's the second leg that hits Jones' uh-huh. standing leg, which hurt him. I think. Yeah, I, so, I don't. Think, I don't know if I agree with you guys that both feet are off the ground, though. I thought. I, I don't think they were. I okay. They were. Well, I, well, and well, and there's a fair point. So. Like I said, I don't think it's a howler in one sense because um, with with some of the gubbins you put in there, you think, yeah, it, it did look a tasty one. But on the other hand, when you watch it back, you do think, well, that's probably not mm. a red card. So to, to clarify, Luke, the point where his feet are off the ground are before he goes into jokes, right, okay. which is possibly where the confusions come. For me, it was like a dictionary definition yellow card. It's like you overrun the ball. Well, you see fours that all the time. They mm. overrun the ball. They have to like. Well, they, they feel like they have to lunge to use their momentum to try and win it back, and they're late. And that's for me, it's a standard yellow card. He, he shouldn't be. The thing about Dean is, I don't think he should be so quick to brandish cards. Yeah. He, he, he sometimes I'm not sure how often he does it now, but I can remember. Was it against? Uh, was it Chelsea against Manchester United? And he, I saw him. I remember seeing him send off Ivanovic, I think, 
Or it was definitely it was definitely a yellow. Mm. It might have been a second yellow. He was over there so quick. And it, and even if it's not the case, even if he is like the world's best referee and he processes information much quicker than everyone else, he needs to understand how it looks. And yeah. it looks like he's just being dismissive. Like he's just waiting to try and sell well, us yeah, well, he, Sorry, again, to cut in, Marcus, but the, the looks he has on his face, be that towards mm. a footballer or some bubbles, yeah. for example, <laughs> it's like he treats the entire <laughs> affair with disdain. Well, and the, it, it must be so frustrating for the players. Yeah. Pedro Obiang, um, according to the papers, uh, there was lip readers that claimed that Mike Dean told him, you know, don't look at me again, otherwise you the, won't be playing. The problem with this, I haven't seen that particular instance, but the problem with this is the lip reading thing is, is for me, going a little bit far now. Oh, I think that be- is. Because it happened about a week ago, maybe a touch longer than that, where um, someone had apparently lip reading Mike Dean on Twitter, a video um, of him... Um, booking someone, and the lip reader who tweeted it said, oh, look at him there, he's saying, stop talking, don't talk to me, or something like that. But mm-hmm. when you actually watch it, what he's clearly saying is, no, no, no he's got a booking. Yeah. That's what he's saying. It's mm-hmm. obvious he's mm-hmm. saying that, yeah. once you know that. So people need to be a bit careful with judging them so, quite yeah. so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Easy and to. also, taking stuff out of context, you don't know what that player, because referees mm. take so much abuse. And actually, that old, that old rule that we all used to... Um, referees used to say to us when we were school kids, I won't tolerate swearing, anybody yeah. swearing at me, blah, blah, blah. How many times? Yeah, but Howard yeah. Webb said something quite interesting on that when I spoke to him. He said, you need to remember the depth of field. When you watch it on TV, mm-hmm. the depth of field, depending on the camera, can look a lot closer yeah. than what it is. And if Wayne Rooney, for it was a particularly egregious <laughs> example of it, if he's swearing and saying this, that and the other... The camera on TV can make it look like he's a lot closer than he actually is. Mm, Sometimes yeah. he can be 15, 20, 20 yards away. And when there's 70,000 people in the stadium, mm. the referee isn't going isn't to hear that. Mm. I'm not saying it's always the case. I'm not saying I don't get away with blue murder, because a lot of the players do. But it's not always as bad as it looks. Did you, uh... Swearing is known to sort of relieve stress as well, isn't it? If you're basically just swearing to yourself out of frustration when yeah. you're not surrounded by anyone and it looks like you're swearing in a man's face on the TV, it's, re- it's really not as bad as but it's that's made what out, I, was, I was always led to believe that when mm. we played, if you swear just generally... Um, you you wouldn't necessarily get punished heavily for it, but if you swear directly at, a, at an mm-hmm. official and point and and you're clearly addressing the official, that's when you get punished. There's a bit of a grey area there as well. Did you like Mark Dean shaking hands with Musa Dembele as he left the pitch? But I didn't really have a problem. I didn't really have a problem with I that. I didn't because Dembele went up to him and shook his hand. What's yeah? What's uh, he going to do? Pull it away? You see, you've seen players do that all the time when they're trying to waste time to get subbed mm. off. They they shake hands with everyone, trying to take as much time up as possible. Yeah, I've noticed the strange thing about referees aside from Mike Dean. Um, over the past week or so, this has seemed really prevalent to me for some reason. Mike Dean is simply Mike Dean. You know, Mark Clattenburg is simply Mark Clattenburg. Yeah. Lee Mason is referee Lee Mason. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> it's really weird. It happens with players' names. Deli Alley is always Deli Alley. Rob Lee I mean, is, that always, is his name. But Rob Lee's always Rob Lee. Yeah, they never just show right, the second never, name. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. True. Maybe, you, maybe you, I don't Yeah, it's a strange one, that. But it's the same. It's the same, but, then the same you probably have, but then you probably have mates, don't you, that you always refer to them as their full name? Yeah, I guess so. Pete maybe. Donaldson. No, Donny. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's right. He refers to himself as Donny. Does he? Yeah, no, he doesn't. He I does. don't think he does. He does on the old on the old WhatsApp. Mm. Oh, Donny! It's all come up for Donny again with I... a little with a little sunglasses emoji. I'm letting people behind the curtain. Mm. I, I don't th- remember him ever being that happy. All I'm, sa- all I'm saying is, Jim, he's not here. He's let us down. Yeah, let's let him down. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas Airport has let us down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manchester United did win the game, though. They've won their last six. Yes, amongst the Mike Dean show, there yeah. was a match. Um, They've actually won the last seven of you, including the Europa League. Uh, sorry, six league games, yeah. I should say. Yeah, yeah. I should Apparently, say. this is their longest unbeaten run since um, the Alex Ferguson era. Wow. Is that okay. right? So that's a huge progress. I mean, Mourinho's doing such a good job turning that around. And the substitutions he made with Matter and Rashford coming on absolutely changed the game. And I know, obviously, mm-hmm. they had a man advantage, but that's the Mourinho of old, isn't it? Looking yes. at a problem, yes. there's a struggle, he... He, he does something that directly affects the game and then then you go, there's your point. You're absolutely right, Jim. And he put Carrick back into de- defence um, when he brought on, I think it was Matter, took Darmian off at half-time. And as you say, that was, he thought, right, West Ham, they're down to 10, let's go at them. Because putting Carrick a, a midfielder, you know, he's always going to, uh, he, he, you know, you're effectively putting another man in that attack line yeah. or into the midfield, and it worked. And then what happens when they went one nil up? He brought on Smalling mm. and, and switched it back round uh, because West Ham actually was quite a spirited display from them. Yeah, I, did, I didn't actually think United looked brilliant given they had an extra man for most of the game. I thought, I mean, but the changes were pragmatic. They were, but West Ham had chances. They did. I mean, West Ham well, had Antonio should have Lanzini been. and Antonio both had chances, which I mean, is probably why when Manchester United did go one up and it was the substitutions that did it, he then put on the extra defender. Yeah, and so it was a canny thing. To but put you've Marino also got to a do. factor in that they were one nil up, um, and they played against um, ten men for a, a very long p- portion of the game. Mm. 
The second goal they scored was a completely ridiculous decision. There's no yeah. way it should have been a goal. I, I, Zlatan couldn't believe his luck that <laughs> yeah. he had scored it and it had been, it had been able yeah. to stand. You can actually see from how nonchalant the finish was. It was just like, I'll oh, oh, whack it and yeah. see what happens. And yeah. experienced enough player to just do that. And from, and from Zlatan's point of view personally, I guess, it means it's evened up because the goal that was disallowed in the game before was obviously a, a poor decision as well. But I didn't, I didn't think that, um, that they looked all that good, United. I, I, mm. I, and, and, you know... The sending off, just to go back to that really quickly, I, I, thinking about it now, I think Dean did take a bit of time to, to, to send him off and still got, came to the wrong conclusion. But generally, <laughs> I think he does, he does do things very quickly. Um, but the, the reality is, I mean, they're, they're winning games over and over again and, and they're pushing into this. It's such a competitive top part of the, of the Premier mm-hmm. League table mm-hmm. at the moment. It's really fascinating And West Ham have been on a, a, a much better they run have. of form recently. Uh, here's a stat for you. The two players, according to the, the, the Premier League's official website, who have committed the most fouls in the league this season so far, Paul Pogba and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, I'm not surprised that Zlatan has. It's very telling, isn't it? Mm. Especially from Ibrahimovic, defending from the front, pulling, you know, making little fouls, everyone gets back into yeah. place. That will be, well, his, his experience combined with Mourinho's experience. Absolutely. Well, they're forming a really, really good partnership, aren't they? There was a stat in the last show about them having been the players that have combined the most. Well, Pogba and three Ibrahim. parties and, but, uh, and whatnot. But it's, like, it's also further, informa- further evidence of how, how often... So that is affecting games so late on for such mm. an, uh, for, by, by a football player's um, standards. Such an old player. I mean, he scored that goal against West Ham. All right, it shouldn't have stood, but he still scored it. With like 12 minutes to go. Yeah. He set up... Um, he set up Pogba... Uh, was it Pogba's goal? It's Mkhitaryan's goal. He, he, set, set, he, set, well. he set up Mkhitaryan's goal late. And, and the other thing was, when Pogba scored the goal against Middlesbrough mm-hmm. um, in, to, to go 2-1 up, mm-hmm. obviously the ball came over from the, from the right and started, I think, Pogba headed it. A lot of two nil up was it in Middlesbrough against Middlesbrough because they were well, one nil down. They oh, won sorry, sorry, yeah, they won two, they won, yeah, they sorry, won two one. Sorry, um, but I was just going to say the ball came in mm. from the right and Pogba headed it. And at first glance, Latan doesn't really have anything to do with that go- that goal. But if you look at the replay, the amount of defenders who are worried about where's Latan is and yeah. what he's doing, and he's at the he's at the far post and he's being mm. marked by I think Fabio at right back, and another couple of players are looking over at him just before the ball comes in because he's such he has such an effect. He has such a presence on the game. He, he is he's so important to United. He really is. He's probably one of the most one of the most influential players in the Premier League, if not the most. Absolutely. Uh, well, that was Defoe for Sunderland. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, well, we're going to talk more Premier League and Jermaine Defoe after this. I'm so fancy. But you already know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Football Ramble. I'm so fancy. But you already know. Just sensational. Sensational. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Um, Spurs, back-to-back 4-1 wins. Mm. Hammered Watford. Nice mm. to see uh, Harry the Hornet get a standing ovation by the home crowd pre-match. <laughs> That's the real story. <laughs> no, Spurs were absolutely fantastic. A friend of mine was at the Southampton should have won about 7-1. They should have. A friend of mine was at the Southampton game and said the Spurs were just irresistible then as mm. well. I think what we're seeing now is the benefit of them having their you know, their best players available. Because as we said, as we trumpeted quite a lot, they were missing Kane and Dembele for a lot, and they're two huge players for them. Well, Kane and Ali... Um, were on great form. Well, they even for the for the Watford game, they rotated in Trippier and Son, and yes. Trippier was absolutely superb. Mm. They've got they've got a bit more of a squad now. His, his, Trippier's delivery from out wide, yeah, over and over again, it was comp- absolutely tormenting Watford from start to finish. Mm. And Kane and Kane loves a bit. What, what, Harry Kane's such a great forward. He's perhaps it's a bit too early to say, but he's almost that complete forward, the sort mm. of modern forward, you know, that, um, that that he can create goals himself. You know, we've mm. seen him score spectacular goals and get on the end of of, uh, of good move team goals. Um, and also loves getting on the end of a cross as well. well. The other thing about him is that you watch him play and he is so inventive yeah. with the positions he takes up mm. and the way he... Um, the way he, 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 one minute he'll pull off wide and he'll attack from mm-hmm. out wide. Mm-hmm. And there was a particular, particular movement against Watford. It might have ended up in a goal when someone clipped the ball over the top and he was inside the right channel. Mm-hmm. Before that, he was right through the middle. Mm. He plays all over the place mm. all the time. And he is, um, he's, his intent from start to finish, 90 minutes of the game, is always there. Um, I thought Spurs, Spurs just overall, their movement, application. Yeah. And the great, a great example of that would be, were they 3 0 up at half time? And, yeah. and then you could imagine what was being talked about at half time. Pochettino would have been saying, look, don't take your foot off the gas. We, 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 half-time has essentially interrupted our momentum. Yeah. Um, we don't want to let that get, get the better of us. We don't want Watford back in this game. And they just score straight away after half-time. Mm. They stay straight out again, mm. score straight away. Well, Kane as well is a player that you don't... You wouldn't necessarily class him as like a pace merchant or anything, but he's very quick over a short distance, he glides which is past a huge player. thing for a striker. You know, Dembele's like that. They both mm. don't seem fast, but they glide past He's quite players. strong, Kane, as well. Very strong, very strong, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a brilliant forward, and... I know once or twice in his career, or probably more once or twice, he's played, I think, behind a front man. But Kane is that kind of, like I say, modern-day 
centre-forward, he's not just there to score goals. See, there's so much more to his game. I mean, you mentioned Jermaine Defoe a minute ago, and Defoe um, is that kind of old-fashioned number nine and very effective. And you don't it? get many of those anymore. No, you don't. No. And obviously that they're still valid. I mean, someone who scores goals is always going to be valid, for crying out loud. But if, you've got, if you want to play at the top, and and start for a big a big club an ambitious club like Spurs and your country you, you have to be yeah. right exactly and and yeah. Kane is that you know he's absolutely um, phenomenal contrast that with Watford's forwards I mean Dini and Agallo are just not clicking I mean Agallo mm. one league goal get off to season. China yeah. <laughs> yeah have you seen how much they're paying <laughs> yeah. now it's like Dini? the London's it's like the London house market you know you think well, should we sell now you leave it a year oh I'm blowing it I'm glad we waited <laughs> yeah. I feel sorry for Dini because he's always he always applies himself he, he clearly cares about Watford a great deal. And, Dean is a good. I mean, and he's got he, his hundredth goal. He works hard. He works really hard. But what for a little bit bit of trouble at the moment? There's talk of them in the news today. Um, talk about Mazzari potentially being given the given the bullet. Well, it's and four points from twenty one. Mm. They've, they've had a quite a tough run though. They have, and also that well, they've had a lot of injuries. And, and they yeah, had the have. best fitness record in the league last season. They had a guy called Richard uh, Collins, I believe it's pronounced. He was their head of medical, and he left in September. And now you know they're having huge, huge problems with it. So that's that's a. a Damning. Uh, they should have. They should have. Situation. They really. probably should have won against Palace. Yeah. They, they got pegged back against Palace. There's a terrible result away to Sunderland. They shouldn't have lost that game because mm. uh, Sunderland are always there for the taking. But I saw them play against Everton, and they were pretty good in large patches. I mean, they only scraped, scraped through, but um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's not looking great for them at the moment. Really. Uh, they've got Stoke away next, and obviously last time didn't shake old, old Mark Hughes's hand, did he? <laughs> so, so, well, that's the last thing you need. <laughs> Um, it would, I think it would be a bit hasty for Matt Zara to go. Just, just at the, the thing is, though, but that has been Watford's sort of yeah, MO. Oh, yeah, Watford, don't care yeah. About that, yeah. oh, yeah, he should have gone months ago, shouldn't he? Yeah. Speaking of Stoke, um, obviously, they, they, they had a bit of joy against Chelsea and then they eventually lost the game. And that, yeah, that, did, that'll, yeah. be, um, that'll be sort of quite good comfort for, for, for Spurs because, right. because you know, a better team. Obviously, it's very difficult to criticise Chelsea because of the run they're on, but they, they look quite flat footed against Stoke with a couple of the goals. With, 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 with certainly the first goal. Yeah. Um, and Spurs might get a bit of joy against them. They really might. And Spurs might get a bit of support from Arsenal because Chelsea are running away with it. They yes. stand, Spurs stand in the way of that Arsenal record, of yes. course, of 14 straight wins over two seasons. Mm. Um, Jim, you're, you're all out for Spurs this week. No, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you fool. Um, <laughs> Did you see the Chelsea Stoke game, though? Cause, uh, I it was a very entertaining one. Yeah. But yeah, Stoke gave them all. It's so lovely seeing Peter Crouch on the score sheet. Yeah. In, in, a, in a match where he's not, you know, got the fourth and a four and a win or something like that. It was, it was a, it was a, it was mm. a nice crouchy goal. Thirty-five years old. You wonder, like, could he get a move somewhere for the rest yeah, of the season? Yeah, United like Zlatan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say. I thought you were going to say, could he get a, re, uh, you know, a, a, a call up? For England or something? I thought, no, but even cr- I think Crouching that's... Defoe up front <laughs> for, for Sunderland. Well, on form, Jim. Well, absolutely. You're as think, good as... What, what was interesting in that game was how you know, Chelsea were sort of oddly sloppy um, given the form they've been in recently, but it showed a resilience that we saw at the beginning of the season where they were sort of... They were getting those wins late on and they were grinding out when Conte was still working out the team. We've not needed to see it from them for a bit because they've been so good, but mm. they've still got it in them. And they're really versatile from what we've seen so far as well. It's... It's not just that they're flat track bullies or whatnot. They've got a lot to their game, and that's it's, why they're on this run. It's the first time I've considered more than one goal in a Premier League game for <clears throat> absolutely ages. Months. Yes. Absolutely months. Um, Diego Costa with another great finish after outpowering the defender. Yeah. I mean, he's just such a brute. When he's on that form... He's relentless. It's, uh, it's, it is quite something. Um, but but you're right. Stoke did give them the war, and, and of course this game this week, you know, time of recording, uh, Chelsea versus uh, Spurs hasn't been played, but that's a huge one. Mm. And Pochettino said that we've got the support of everyone in the league, or mentioned something like mm. that. And, and he is sort of right, really, in in one sense. I mean, some people neutrals, granted, and they're within their rights to want Chelsea to equal Arsenal's record, and maybe even better. But most people probably will be. Want support- to see a competitive league? Yeah, no one wants right. to see anyone go a billion <clears> points <throat> clear. Unless, uh, unless it's Arsenal, right? <laughs> I'd be all right with that, but I can imagine why neutrals wouldn't be. Yeah. Realistically, yeah. no one wants to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about West Brom? Mm. They're having a great season. They're in eighth place. Pulis is doing wonders there. They beat Hull 3 1. Um, Hull not having a great time. Poor old feeling. More it's, than it's, a feeling. It's, it's gutted it's after more, the game. It's more evidence to what we were talking about, which is that Hull could compete. Um, but not for long enough period. Well, 1-0 up at half-time and just collapsed in the second half and feeling has seen his side get themselves in good positions and then and then just sort of collapsed. I mean, West Brom scored two from, from set pieces and have a very decent aerial threat. But, but Hull surely know that. Mm, yeah. You know, West Brom have scored 28 goals a season. Um, only the top six, and, and quite oddly, Crystal Palace have only scored more. Quite but, strange but, that anomaly with, with Palace. With, with the exception, I mean, Hull haven't won in nine games, with the exception of the Spurs game, 
They're beating 3 0. Mm. Um, I think they lost to Sunderland. Didn't have a terrible result against Sunderland ages ago, which mm. is the start of their bad run. Exception of those two games, you can make a decent argument to say they've competed in all of those games. Yeah. They got beaten by City 3 0, mm. but it took ages for City to score. Whole were competing. Like against West Brom, they went a goal up away from home. Yeah. But they, they could not sustain it for a long enough period. I mm. wonder if part of the problem is that um, Diomersi Embakani just is not good enough to be that, that man. He's not, no. He's, I, mean, he's, I mean, he's not scored all season. He's very much like, mm. a, I suppose, a defensive striker, as we've spoken about before. His hold up play is pretty good, but he just, he just he makes them look very, very blunt. And mm-hmm. I was surprised they signed him at all because he looked like that for Norwich. He just looked like he's not up to this sort of standard. Yeah. yeah. Well, talk, so, talk of a move for Samueletto. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Really? Third, yeah, yeah. That'd be quite something. Yeah. Um, Snodgrass is the only one who's really got a proper goal threat in him. Bob Snods. Yeah. <laughs> lovely time. Well, it was just as well that they tied him into a. I say tied him in whatever contracts are worth these days, but he's extended his contract to Hull because there was a move that he wanted to. Yeah, but as soon as Hull are relegated, he'll go. Mm. As simple as that. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was talking he might go in the January transfer right. window, which would have been a disaster for Hull, you would say, on current form. Yeah. But Snod- for Snodgrass on a personal level, he can't really lose because if they stay out, then great. And he's had an outstanding season. He's yeah. been their best player by miles. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, not by miles, but he's been one of their best players. Yeah. Um, if they get relegated, he'll be off to probably West Brom or something yeah. like that. Um, I mentioned West Brom scoring from set pieces. West Brom have scored more goals from set pieces, not including penalties. Than any other team in the league this season. That's Pulis's strength, though, isn't it? It's not a, not a huge surprise. Well, especially with the likes of McCauley as well. Yeah, who's great in the air. He's not even getting. He's not even picking old Sido in his, <laughs> in, his, in, his, in his squad these days. And how Robson Carney's got forced his way in there with another screamer. Good know, to see. Right? Good to see that old cliche, that old classic football cliche from back in the day. Not a great scorer of goals, but a scorer of great <laughs> yeah, goals. That's right. <laughs> Oberfemi Martins, ladies and gentlemen. The reason, yeah, the reason Pulis isn't picking Sido is because if Sido Barahino is further away. Mm. Geographically, Pudis can shout louder when mm. he comes to address him. He loves it, doesn't he? He does. Um, but that West Brom side, they're actually they are decent. You know, they've got a good goalkeeper in, in Foster. You've got the Northern Irish duo at the back with with Brunt helping. It's a nice Northern Irish feel going mm. at, the, at the back. They've also got two canny operators in front of that defence: Fletcher and uh, Jacob, the Argentinian, mm. who's one of the league's top tackling midfielders. That makes sense. Is he also one of the top fouling midfielders? Uh, he's no, a he's dirty not. boy. He, well, he's, <laughs> well, we talked a little. We, we mentioned a little bit of Argentinian footballing culture on a, on, a, on a previous podcast, very briefly. And, and Jacob is one of those great Argentinian defensive midfielders, isn't he? Very canny, you know, knows what he's doing, mm. but yet loves uh, he, good in the tackle. But will give a, a clever foul away yeah. here and there. And Fletcher knows. Uh, well, I'd be very surprised if Fletcher's missed a single more than a handful of games since he signed for West Brom mm. from United. I, I don't, yeah. I don't I don't think he's he can't have missed hardly any at all. Yeah, so he's very reliable. But you look at that side; they've got a decent spine, and then and up front, Rondon's you know pretty handy. Chadley as well was yeah. a good signing. Matt Phillips is in very good form. He exactly, is. Morrison in there as well. McLean off the bench. You know, West Brom have got a decent side. They've got a good manager as well with Pulis. They should be on. I mean, of course, they're in eighth place. They should be looking at top half finish. Which would be a fantastic achievement. Mm, agree. Get them in the Europa. Just <laughs> <laughs> so pushing for top four for crying out loud. No way. Um, right, well, we have Robson Carney. You never know. Um, you do. Uh, <laughs> Sunderland drew to all with, uh, with with Liverpool. Two points dropped for Hugely. Liverpool. Yeah, it's a real minefield. This sort of this sort of period of football this season for these clubs because. You just got to get through it. Yeah. You've got to get through these games as best you can. Because if you look at, I mean, I know you won't find me saying this very often, but like poor old Southampton, the amount of games they've had, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. The reason I say this, by the way, is because Liverpool. Look, I thought Liverpool looked a bit leggy in this game. They did, and I don't want to take anything away from Sunderland because it's a fantastic result for them. But and I thought United looked a bit tired. Actually, I forgot to mention against West Ham, they looked a bit tired as well. If you look at Southampton's fixtures, they had a game on the twenty eighth, the thirty first, and the first. Mm. Uh, sorry, the second. Mm-hmm. Um, they had ten, but they had ten days from the eighteenth to the twenty eighth of December mm-hmm. without a game. Yeah. And then after that, they've got they played on Monday night. They don't play again until the seventh. Mm. Why not just space them out? Mm. Well, I mean, Sam Allardyce said the Premier League fixture um, organizer should be sacked. Well, it's, it's, it's hard to find a reason for it other than the fact that they're such in. They're so in hoc to the TV companies now and the money that they're paying them. Mm. Do they have to do this? Well, why doesn't Allardyce, you know, do the old uh, do the old sting on him? <laughs> what on the Premier League fixtures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one looks suspicious. <laughs> up his own sting. He'd turn it up. Yeah, imagine that. I've got your back. I've got your back. No hard feelings after what I just said about you getting sacked. <laughs> but come to wings. Samantha lost all three of those games, yeah. and they can see nine goals. Why are you smiling? Yeah, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Worth a mention. I wonder if, like, because we were talking um, in the last show, I believe, about how well the top sides are doing, and I wonder if actually, when it comes to this period, the teams in Europe 
have a sort of short-term advantage where they're actually used to playing more games than the other teams. Mm-hmm. So they're a bit more mentally and, and physically conditioned to it. And obviously that catches up to you a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But they're just ready for it in a way the other teams aren't. Yeah, true. I mean, I, with, with, it's, Although obviously Southampton aren't. But talking, <laughs> about, yeah, talking about the tiredness, though, Klopp said that he gave his players the option of a rest for this one, but none of them took him up on it. And then he was surprised Don't about... Don't be the only one, do you? Well, right. And uh, what did uh, Roger say about the, the character of the group or something? You know, that but, was a... but he only made one change for that game. Well, and that was only because of Henderson's um, injury, you yeah. know, and, and Sturridge came in, obviously, Lallana then dropped back into midfield. Um, and it's interesting because um, Klopp was surprised at the performance of his players. He mentioned the fixture pile-up. He's got players on the bench to bring on. You wonder why he didn't make more changes. I mean, if he says, is anyone tired who, who fancies a little rest? I, I know we joke about you know certain individual footballers who are a bit lazy and, and whatnot, but generally footballers want to play every game, and they're not going to go, yeah, go on, then I'm, I'm a bit knackered, especially in a side that are pushing for a title rate, uh, for a title challenge and have a great cohesion and are doing very well off the back of a, a, a good win against Manchester City. So you, you wonder if Klopp should have just made some changes there instead of asking his players. I understand that yeah. um, it, it's a, it, it is a way of, of, uh, of picking a team, but also as well, against Man City, you know, they, 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 they went ahead, a great header from Wijnaldum, and then they shut the game down impressively. And I just wonder, a bit like Mourinho away to West Ham, if Liverpool, they went 2-1 up against Sunderland, and obviously um, Defoe got a penalty... Should have shut the game down a bit more, just to, mm. to snuff it out. Two daft penalties, though. You know, I mean, mm. the, the Mane's one. I know he likes being on the ball, but <laughs> absolutely, you know, yeah, that, can, that, was, that was scandalous. <laughs> it's, it's a good job he's off to the African Cup of Nations because I imagine he'd be get, getting punished. Yeah. He probably hasn't been back to Liverpool since then. <laughs> Straight on the plane. Yeah, Southampton's <laughs> got an airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make the use of it. To be fair, he did get a goal as well, though. He also yeah, he counts that his own good work. Yeah, he's been a fantastic signing for them. Mm. A, f- a few people sort of balked at the fee. Um, but he's he's had a great impact. He's slotted in there quite straight away, hasn't he? Well, it was an enormous fee, but that's just the way it is at the moment yeah. in the Premier League. Um, but uh, but you love that one album header against Man City. It was it was a, it was a it was just it, it reminded me of like what I consider to be being the age that I am, like the golden period of, of, of headed goals being scored. Yeah, like <laughs> Christian Vieira, Oliver mm-hmm. Bierhoff, Sir Les. Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer. The way he timed his run, mm-hmm. you could tell from about three steps out from him actually before he actually connected with the ball. Mm-hmm. That's going in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah. It's an absolute beauty. Yeah, it, was yeah. a beaut- it got me out of my seat. It was. It was a bit like Cristiano Ronaldo, away to Roma. Stop referencing Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> For Manchester United. Yeah, no wonder. Like Clive. <laughs> yeah, he gets so much attention. Spells he loves old, old Ronaldo. And uh, why not? He's one of the finest players. Stop of- it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Name on the running order. Now, uh, Sunderland, they lost their previous match uh, away to, to Burnley. Mm. Um, but Spanked by Burnley. They were spanked oh, They really Burnley. were. Um, Defoe, only Costa, Ibrahimovic and Alexis Sanchez have scored more in the league this season so far than him. Mm. It's, it's inc- impressive stuff, isn't it? It's it just a- doesn't seem to have slowed down at all. No, and, and he went off to, uh, was it Toronto? He went off to MLS. He's essentially come out of retirement, like in Paul Scholes fashion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remarkable. We are going to finish off our Premier League chat after this. Hi, I'm Limboy Primus, and you're listening to the Football Ramble. Hi, I'm Limboy Primus, and you're listening to the Football Ramble. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Do not forget, the preview show is out at the end of this week. Our bet of the week didn't come in last time, did it? Because Liverpool beat Manchester City 1-0. Yeah, in mm. like, in like a, as we just referenced, in like a sort of uncharacteristically sort of responsible performance yeah. from Liverpool. They, they scored mm. quite early. They, they they controlled huge parts of the game. Didn't even didn't really look like making any sort of defensive blunders. And um, City were sort of very passive with that and just seemed to allow it. I thought there'd be like I thought it'd be guaranteed defensive blunders. Yeah, but there weren't any. Well, yeah, Liverpool saved them for Sunderland. Yeah, exactly. Indeed, yeah. Man City beat Burnley. Pep Guardiola gave an awkward and slightly prickly post-match interview. Slightly. Well, I think a lot more has been made about this because if if you look back oh, at come his... on, it was like a cactus full of needles. <laughs> 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 no, well, it was Jim. But what I mean is, he's got previews for this. Yeah. He massively does. At Barcelona, he did it. Um, at Bayern. I mean, even the people at Bayern were, were sad to see him go because obviously one of the best managers, if not the best manager in the world, you could argue. But they did say he was a bit strange and very impersonal. And people just found it hard to talk to him at times. He couldn't handle Ibrahimovic, which I don't know if that's to his detriment or you know no. or not, um, uh, but famously at Barcelona. Um, even Messi fell out with him at Barcelona, which was not that widely reported. It is... Uh, I, I, this is... As I say, he's uh, he's had form for this, but so we the, shouldn't be too yeah, surprised. But the fascinating thing for me is when you compare it to the Mourinho thing, you can't move in the press for people saying... Mourinho, Mourinho essentially says stuff like, or, or stuff comes out of Man United which says, Mourinho needs another two transfer windows, and you can't really judge until the end of next season. Yeah. Yes. But then, and that's purely, in my, my opinion, that's purely because Mourinho has already endeared himself to the British press. Yes. So they give him the credit, they let him do what he wants to do, and in a way, he sort of, I guess as well, sort of proved himself on these shorts. Guardiola, I, I've seen more than two or three um, football writers and journalists talking about Guardiola's um, tenure at Man City already being a failure. Yeah. Already. He's been there six months. So... While I agree he's not doing himself any favours with interviews like that, you're right, he's got a track record of doing it. He does need to be a little bit more canny, I think. He needs, he needs to be a little bit more mm. sort of smiley, smiley, you know, and he, he doesn't tend to want to mm. do that. And the trouble with the press is, as you say, unless you, uh, you, 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 know, you tickle them under the arm, they can get a little bit annoyed with you, and, and, which is why it's so good that Ibrahimovic is making them eat their balls, as he yes. puts it. But I also because you can't argue with how he's... Well, well, that's the best way of answering you, Chris. Yeah. But the thing with Guardiola is where he doesn't do himself any favours with a thing like this, this Bravo thing. Now, there's talk that he had reasons outside of footballing ones to get to move on Joe Hart. And, you know, fine. Um, I understand he wants to stamp his sort of authority down. But to bring in Claudio Bravo, who is fine, he's a good keeper, but he's not a goalkeeper suited to the Premier League. No. And, and fine, he, might, he might take a little bit longer to settle in. But he's not a, a Premier League goalkeeper in terms of style. Mm-hmm. And he gets put under pressure because teams, teams yeah. inferior teams yeah. see him, mm-hmm. see him flapping at balls three yards out from his own goal line, mm-hmm. which he did against Burnley, by the way, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's why they scored. When he's, he's, I mean, it sounds obviously preposterous, but someone needs to take Bravo and grab him and say, "You're the only player in this area that can use your hands." <laughs> So that's already an advantage. Yeah. So use that and to you your can advantage. use them to catch. You use both of them, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if a corner's coming in and it's swinging away from goal and you want to help on its way, by all means, as a goalkeeper, punch it. If it's up in, straight up in the air, <laughs> three yards out from goal, again, you're the only player that can use your hands, jump up and catch it. All you're doing yeah. is timing a jump. And Andy and Carroll's not on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. So, but, so he, doesn't, he doesn't... And so if Guardiola's bringing in, you know, um, Neuer... Mm-hmm. For, for Hart, which, yeah. which, let's be honest, you've yeah, got yeah. the financial muscle to be able to do that if, if, if they could make it work. Guardiola's worked for, with Neuer before. Mm-hmm. It could, feasibly could happen, then fine. But if you're bringing him in for someone who's arguably not even as good as Joe Hart, mm-hmm. I don't rate Joe Hart particularly highly. Um, then He's a good, solid y- Premier You're giving keeper. people ammo. You're but giving people ammo to criticise you. It is easy to say this in retrospect, though, isn't it? And again, you know, Bravo might just be taking a little while to settle in. I'm sure we'll see. Yeah. Well, I think I think Guardiola, the way yeah, he, he plays, Bravo was quite crucial to that. Bravo's distribution is good, but as you say, Luke, people seem to have found that out quite quickly and are closing him down, which makes him hit the ball long. And actually, mm. you might as well stick with Hart. And also with with Mariola going off in his, um, <laughs> his post match um, interview about how you know apparently the rules are different here, every other league in the in the you know in the world, you, you can't do that to the goalkeeper. Like it's just you know Big Sam sitting at home looking at that, going <laughs> right. I know I'm going to play this. <laughs> It's an advert to your own floor. Yeah. You're right about the pressure being put on him and the fact that he's hitting it long a lot anyway. Um, and, and also, I find his distribution is good and it's better than Hart. I don't think Hart's distribution is particularly that bad. But you've got to be able to do the basic stuff properly mm. as a goalkeeper. You have to. And I think we can get a little bit lost among that sort of stuff sometimes. Yeah, I mean, there has been some encouragement um, for Pep Guardiola from, from what you would agree is an obvious source. 
in the form of Boris Becker's Twitter feed. <laughs> he said, come on, Pep Guardiola, you're under stress lately and things are not going your way, but we love you. Have a cold English beer and relax. <laughs> get involved. Yeah. Just get That's involved. Your advice. Have a beer. All Boris Becker wants is to be part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's all he wants. And here he is. Well, well yeah. played, Boris. Get he, in there. He had a great distribution. Yeah, he he did. did. If you can call it that. He did. What, he could dive place? around, stick him in goal. Did he win Wimbledon at 17 years old? I think he did, yeah. Has Claudio Bravo ever done that? Don't no, think so. Exactly. No. I don't think Claudio Bravo's ever won any tennis tournaments. No. None of the. <laughs> No one near a ground. What's he even doing here? Get, get lost. That's remarkable. Don't tell the Go press away. that. They'll have the, they'll Can we have take a, a moment to talk about um, Aguero's goal? Because that, that it was the tiniest amount of space mm-hmm. he had to aim yeah. at, and he just well there he, there it was. The two defenders stood still, didn't they? In a they kind were, of but well, they were they were both like well there was one, on the, one practically on the post, one just in case he hit it a bit wider than that. And the look on their faces was like, oh come on, <laughs> come on, we had that covered. Yeah, and played for four games. <laughs> How does he feel so sharp? I know. Fernandina got sent off again. Yeah. Third red card in the six games. It's great. Astounding. It's, it's absolutely glorious. See Bakary Sanya as well, who, who was lucky to not be sent off himself, said after the game it felt like it was 10 against 12 out there. It's like, well, I mean, <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was it's great. Joey Barton, speaking of bands, uh, has uh, rejo- rejoined Burnley. Although Poss- could, possibly, yeah, could yeah. be facing a ban already for, for betting infringements. I love that he's not even kicked the ball. No, just give him a ban anyway. <laughs> say, it's a safe it's a time. move from Burnley, though, isn't it? Because it might not pay off. But then, you you know, say let's let's assume he needs a ban, <laughs> and we can always rescind it later. Yeah. <laughs> Much like uh, when we signed him before. Yeah. Before do. we move on from the Premier League, I also need to make a note. I've made a note here to say that Craig Pawson did really well in the Liverpool City game. Did he? I slated him for ages. You did. But he actually, I, in the interest of fairness, I have to say, uh-huh. he, he had a good game. And it's good news for Swansea, they've got a new manager. And I called that as well, by the way. Mm-hmm, I called did. Paul Clement going to Swansea, but I said that he'll probably be fired very quickly. The only thing that's going <laughs> to go against that is possibly that they've, they've taken a lot of stick for firing... Bob Bradley so quickly they might actually stick mm. with Paul Clement and it's worth pointing out that when Paul Clement was fired from Derby I think they were in fifth they weren't doing too bad they weren't doing so too I think bad, he gets yeah. a bit of a bad press I, I, I think he might he might do an alright job there. it's a strange post for him this one isn't it because it comes with a lot of pressure and it's under a much sharper spotlight so I hope he can turn it around there but Swansea, they, Swansea just don't look good enough do they and do you reckon I, that he was doing I think the it's old, beyond the manager he might be doing the old um, look you need to stick with me long term yeah? mm-hmm. I think we might go down this year but we need to stick we need to stick at it and, yeah. and see how we get on could be well I think Swansea fans will take a lot of heart from what you just said Luke <laughs> he might do an alright job <laughs> we've had a lot of uh, emails take that at the moment <laughs> yeah we've had a lot of emails from worried Swansea fans just um, just who don't want Pardew and are so, <laughs> so worried about it they're just emailing us like Pete can do something about yeah. it we are very much just to be perfectly clear to all those Swansea fans in case it wasn't abundantly clear for the last sort of seven or eight years of our output we very much just snipe from the sidelines we have yeah. no co- we have no well, power sooner or later he's going to get bored of sitting at home fingering Tinder and whatever he does yeah. Yeah. you know he's so he won't use it thank goodness, I know but just thank goodness you said Tinder he'll never get bored of that before we move on to the championship, Jim, you've got some emails. I do have some emails. I'm just going to dive right into them. Damn mate. right. Like I'm Fernandinho. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Marcus's story about a teammate giving a fake name to a ref reminded me of an incident in, in a primary school game I played in 20 years ago. I played local representative football in Dublin with a boy unfortunately named Michael Jackson. <laughs> Our schools, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> Our schools played each other one day and just after half time he was called over by the ref for a booking. Annoyed, when asked for his name by the ref, he said Elvis Presley. The ref, <laughs> the ref tried to calm the situation down and asked the teacher slash manager to have a word with his player while waiting to give him the yellow. 30 seconds later, he asked the player for his proper name. This time, Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Straight red. Yeah. <laughs> Not having yeah. that Jacko. Come here, come here, come, come here, here, come here. Red. red. That reminds me of what happened to me once. I was about seven or eight years old, and I went to go and see a pantomime with my family at Christmas. Got and, sent off. And that, yeah, and they got, I got a red. Mike Dean turned up. No, uh, he was playing Widow Twanky. No, uh, I basically got, and they called a load of kids up onto the stage to sing a song or tell a joke or something. And... Um, when they called me up on stage, they I had really blonde hair, a spiky hair. And the guy who called us up on stage, whoever it was, I don't know, Buttons or Aladdin or whatever, yeah, I can't yeah. remember, said, oh, you look like one of the kids from Bros. You know, they were yeah, from Bros, Luke right? and Matt Goss. And they were called Luke and Matt, right? So then one of them said, and then he said, oh, what's your name? And I said, Luke. And everyone laughed. And I was like, no, it is actually Luke. <laughs> anyway, to cut a long story short, I ended up crying. Hey, that was and, my uh, stage. That yeah. was, oh, mate, that yeah. was your first laugh you had on stage. And the last. I was going to say, I, <laughs> I think by going on the Football Ramble Tour, it was your last. But um, you tend to get a bit tearful, don't you? Yeah. It, it, you just, the the, the uh, event got the better of you. As an insight into the Moore family, that still gets brought up at pretty much every oh, family God. occasion. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. So that was from Aidan in Dublin, by Cheers, the way. Aiden. If you give him credit for his story. Oh, so, cheers, uh, Michael. Got another one. <laughs> Get loads of emails these days. Yeah. So I'm just going to give you another one. And we appreciate it. I'd like. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Judge him on their merits. It's all yeah, I've ever said. Quite, it's all yeah. I've ever said. So, dear Ramblers, as a friend of one of Mike Phelan's three daughters, okay. I can confirm he is actually a proper dad yeah. and should be nowhere near Pardew comparisons. He spent the entirety of his speech at his daughter's wedding ripping my cousin, the groom, for being shit at football. Fair <laughs> to say he's quite a good judge. P.S. Luke, you promised to share at least some of those crisps I sent you. Oh, Mike yeah. Holmes, Seabrook Crisps, official crisp <laughs> supplier of the Football Ramble. Well, you're not, actually, no. Mike. You're the official crisp supplier of Luke Moore yeah. so far. <laughs> We've seen Luke's, very, Luke's very happy about that. One thing I will say about that is, is it's Mike, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to have a go at Mike for emailing because uh, that email is, is of sufficient quality. He's paid you off with Chris. <laughs> yeah, which is the easiest way of doing it. Um, I, I think a couple of points. One is Mike Phelan, we said, is actually, we, we said he was a good dad. Well, I said he's yeah, a sort of guy. It's more a confirmation, pick, I, said he, I said he'd pick you up from a house party. No, but someone, I can't remember, maybe it was Jim or Pete threw him in the mix. Just okay. not, not okay. maliciously. Fair and, and you and I defended and him. And the second thing about the crisps thing, right, is that he sent me one box of salt and vinegar. And one box of assorted flavours. Mm. He sent us one box. Yeah, of but, they're, but they're really big boxes. So I don't. That makes it worse. My reputation as it is does not allow <laughs> for me to be carrying a massive box of crisps under my arm throughout central London. So, so if you want them, boys, come and get them. <laughs> I don't feel that's our problem. But moving on. <laughs> I've got a lot of mouth ulcers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> got another one. Hello, Ramblers. I woke this morning in a bit of a frenzy from a ramble-based dream that left me feeling both confused and betrayed. Mm. Oh, God. It's a shame, isn't it? It's a dream, Pete's don't not, worry. Oh, one thing I will say is Pete's not here to defend himself, well, so let's be a bit no, no, nobody, nobody needs to defend anybody. It's a dream. Okay. <laughs> in said Your dream... Your honour. <laughs> in said dream, I joined Luke, Marcus and Jim for a post-Christmas countryside moorland walk. Luke led us up a hill, and this is where things turned awry. Well, we were, li- we were rambling then. We were yeah, rambling, yeah. and weirdly, Pete wasn't there. Probably stuck in Dallas, even in a dream. Um, Luke led us up a hill, and this is where things turned awry. Marcus used his muggy little hands to dig up some of the soil and uncovered that the hill we stood on was littered with dynamite hiding beneath the surface. Remember a dream? Yep. Startled, I slowly backed off down the hill alongside Jim, by which time one of the large pigs that inhabited this particular explosive hill appeared to have caught my scent and began making his way over to me. My careful canter quickly turned into a gallop as the pig began to charge from me. Jim! Jim! I shouted, to no avail. The man had deserted me, the coward! To make a bad situation worse, the pig chasing me had began echoing my cry of Jim in his creepy pig-like voice. By this time, I was at full sprint off into the moorland, and when I plucked up the courage to look behind me, there were at least 20 pigs gaining on me as fast as their piggy little legs could take them. Finally, I crumbled. I realised I couldn't outrun these beasts, so they were always left to pace my face my piggy peril alone. Wow. It was at that point that I awoke in a sweat. I can't help feeling that if it wasn't for the questionable decision by a time team speller to start digging up that <laughs> seemingly normal hill mm. and Jim Campbell's cowardly acts that I wouldn't have awoken so flustered this very morn. Luke, I have no beef with you. Your intentions were pure. Good bloke. I've probably, probably been blown sky high, haven't I? Well, on the top of that hill. Depends when he woke up, I suppose. Well, Maybe he's still stuck there. There's a couple of things to say here. Luke once said to me, that he or, or us, that he'd like to play football against the hundred pigs. Yeah. yeah, don't know what he means by that. Although, well, in another sense, I do. And then, secondly, I am possibly, and I'm, I'm going to assume this, and it's to my detriment that, or, or credit, whatever. That I'm assuming this is that I think I'm the only person here that has been involved in the blowing up of dynamite. Really? Yeah. What in the real world? In the real world. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know this for sure, but I almost I'll put my mortgage on the fact that Pete's done it. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, is this when you went to Vietnam and paid a man to let you throw a stick of dynamite at a cow? None of that's true, mm. and it wasn't in Vietnam. Well, give us the dynamite. Don't, don't just tease it. Just give it. Give it. To well, us. that email's from Andrew Lavers, by the way. Oh, that, thank you, Andrew. Do you want me to interpret that, that, Andrew? I can interpret that. <laughs> yeah. um, you are almost certainly in love with your own mother. <laughs> yeah. All drinks mean that. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, back to your dynamite chat. Uh, it was, uh, and it is dynamite chat. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> 2005. It was Bolivia. Okay, it was in South America, right? And uh, there's a, there's a, there's a um, a mining town, or a, no, no, it's still a mining town called Potosi. I think it's it's called in Bolivia. There was a lot of silver mining there, and they do a mining a, a tour of the mines. I was actually ill. I didn't get to go to see the mines, but m- my mate who I was with did, and two other uh, Canadian chaps who we were travelling with, and they sell two things this mine. Dynamite and extremely strong alcohol. Right. Good combo. Yeah, exactly. What could go wrong? One of those things is bad. (laughs) No, both are very good. (laughs) Yeah, we... uh, And and, uh, a couple of uh, uh, chaps we acquired on the way um, got some dynamite and and we let it off. Uh, in a very safe environment, controlled. We've got a local to do it. It takes another side to you here, Mark, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Well, you know. What did you blow up with it? Uh, nothing. You just blow up nothing with it. No, we blew up a, a massive big, uh, like it was a big boulder thing. And it was. <laughs> What yeah. the hell? Well, you ask me the this question. This is what you do when you go on your trip. You, you know, blow things up. You know when someone scores, like, you know when someone scores like, in the lower league, scores like an amazing goal, and someone says, oh, I've messy did that, we've been raving about it for months. Yeah. If Pete said that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dry, well, you know. Wow. Explosive, explosive oh, times. And you presumably weren't even drinking the really strong alcohol. This I was your own destructive This guy, that was only a dream. It wasn't even yeah. real. You've topped it. <laughs> With one of your weird travel I'm just saying that I was. I, I look. I never lit the thing. Do you know what I, was I never bought. I, in the court of law, I would have just been an innocent bystander. When you said it, do you want to know what I was thinking? Oh, I'd have maybe get done for a fray. Do you want to know what I was hoping? I was hoping you'd do the old crocodile and then let it off in a lake and get all the fish. <laughs> That's what I was hoping. No, I'm not going to kill. You know. Oh, suddenly you're a moral, yeah. moral now. Are you very well, a, moral, boulder, a boulder's not going to. You're the last bastion of moral integrity oh. now. Are you? In this room, you're running well, around Bolivia in your pants. That might <laughs> just be in my mind. Yeah, in your pants. That's a dream. With a stick of dynamite holding it above your head. It's actually not a stick. It's slightly more complex than that. Oh, sorry, oh, is it? I'm not an expert. No, yeah. clearly not. Someone is. There we go. <laughs> well, we had an expert with us. <laughs> he couldn't believe us like our Bolivian tour guide. We we approached him. We said, oh, "No one ever wants to do this." By the way, Juan, um, his name was Juan. Um, we said, "Oh, we got." We thought, how are we going to... Because we, we, we can't just go, oh, by the way, we're going to nip off and uh, if you hear a big explosion, don't worry about it. And we said, we've got some, <laughs> we got some, we got some dynamite, what do you reckon? And he, he couldn't believe his luck. His yeah. eyes lit up. Oh, I haven't blown up anything for years, he said. He was <laughs> Give right it here. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Come here, you amateurs. Right. Well, back to some explosive action, if you will, uh, in the championship. Fulham were beaten by Brighton 2-1. Mm. I was at the game. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say this right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's, it's a new year. Here's, here's a little thing. Fulham, that's probably the closest thing to a team I support. Is it? Yeah. And did you enjoy the game? In England. There you go. Yeah, you're, you're, you you're, can't do that. It's terrible effort, like, deflecting stuff every so mm. often. It's just, it's, it is. It's transparent, is what it is. Uh-huh. Hearts of Fulham. What was the game like? Um, it was a good game. It was a very good game. Uh, David Stockdale was back. Mm. For, for his old stamping ground. Old stamping, saved yeah. a pen. Yeah. Got three points, so he had the last laugh. Oh, it was a big, big win for Brighton, wasn't it? They're now two points ahead of Newcastle with a game in hand, which mm. is massive. Fulham have missed five out of six penalties this season. Mm. That's silly. That, you say they're ahead of Newcastle. Newcastle were... Um, it was a bit of a robbery, wasn't it, against Blackburn? <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you, well, it was a massive break. robbery, yeah. Charlie Mulgrew, the scourge of Newcastle again. At half-time, Newcastle had 14 shots against Blackburn. <laughs> Blackburn had none. They had none. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's amazing. Centre back on a free kick did for them. Ridiculous. Oh, I, uh, for, for Fulham, Lucas uh, Piazon, I think that's pronounced, mm. scored for Fulham. Lovely goal. He's ex, on loan. Ex Chelsea, isn't he? He's on loan from Chelsea. Oh, is he still at Chelsea? Of course I, he is. Every yeah. single player is, is, at, is at Chelsea. I, I, I love the fact that um, obviously Chelsea loan a lot of players out, as you said, and Vitas Arnhem is, is another one. Mm. But a lot of them go to Fulham. They've always got um, Chelsea players on loan there. It's never the other way. Though, that's how to, that is how to truly have one over on your local rivals, isn't it? Yeah. You it will give you players. Well, You're so say, relevant to us. That, that's it. Like, had any other sort of local rivals ever do the same? Like, there's just the, the Chelsea Fulham rivalry is so delightful. You say, "Oh yeah, I'm a Fulham fan," and Chelsea go fans go, "Oh, that's nice." Bless you. <laughs> oh, Chelsea don't have 36 players out on loan. <laughs> 36. I think they've actually... Did they sell Van Ginkle yesterday? I think he might finally be off their books. Because oh, Marco right? Marin only left in August yeah. last year. Wow. Is Stankovic still on there? But yeah. <laughs> Hernan Crespo? Yeah. Is he getting on? Yeah. Winston Bohard. <laughs> uh, the, the wonderfully named Naiskins Cabano came off uh, the bench for Fulham. Named after um, Johan Naiskins. I love his, that. His father was a big fan of the I Dutchman. So, yeah. How good is that when you name a boy after a great football player and he becomes a football yeah. player? Oh, it's lovely, that. Yeah. Absolutely lovely, that. Uh, I was Nominative a, determinism, surely. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Pressure. I, was, I was a little bit disappointed with um, Anthony Knockout and Glenn Murray. Kept largely quiet. Oh, well, they were knockouts a fantastic player, I it think. Is, yeah, but then when you come up against Tim Ream, the American dream. Yeah, true. You know, win, though, didn't they, mate? Not they easy, did get it? a win. <laughs> they certainly did. Um, have we got time to go to League Two? I think we do. I believe we do. Barnet are fighting for a playoff spot. They beat second place Plymouth 1 0 on the weekend. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's the thing Barnet are without a manager since Martin Allen left. In the stands on, on, the, on the weekend, next to the chairman. Was Sol Campbell big Ooh. Sol big Sol the big, manager? He oh, hint- I spot a golden age for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sol hinted that uh, he'd be interested in management a couple of months ago. He would last at at Barnet. He would last a half, two months, yeah, <laughs> maximum. And speaking of, um, Do you know the hell I am. 
We sound like, so like the dinner ladies and the if referees. He's picking himself. It, yeah. it, all sorts will be going on. But speaking of, um, of questionable managerial appointments in League Two, mm. you see who the new player manager in Notts County is? Oh, yeah. Alan Smith. Alan Smith, Ooh. former yeah. Manchester United, yeah. Leeds United, and Newcastle. He loved all the Uniteds. Famously didn't score a single goal in five seasons of being a Newcastle player. Got sent Just, off for England as well. Yeah, despite having a history as a forward. Mm. Did he not score for Newcastle? No, never scored. You sure? I'm pretty sure of that, yeah. He, at some point, he became like a defensive midfielder, didn't he? From being a striker, Alex, a fairly decent striker. It was at Alex Leeds. Ferguson, wasn't it? Who, uh, who, who, well, he, he wasn't a huge goal scorer at Leeds, but he, he no, but he, got, you know, he was. You he, know, yeah, he chipped in. Certainly, I mean, he, he was called up for England as a striker and not yeah. unreasonably as well. Yeah, I think but it's, it's just a bizarre change of position, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, he's a bit unlucky at Manchester United because I think at the time it was Rooney and Ronaldo and yeah, all. Yeah, and he got a big injury as well, didn't he? Which he did, I think yeah. probably is why this happened. Yeah, about it. Newcastle. He was a part of their promotion back to the Premier League before they went down again. Anyway, he's, at the risk of... Well, I can say this because I also support a team that are in League 2. Mm-hmm. He's slumming it now at Notts County. <laughs> but he's 36. Yeah, quite. You know, Notts County recognises the world's oldest association football team playing at professional level. Have a bit of respect. Oh, Notts County, the Magpies as well. They are, yeah, they are. They're right. Nice little link. <laughs> nice little link. <laughs> from, did he even notice? Avian no, link. No. You know, from uh, black and white but they're, Newcastle. They're, they're one point away from being uh, currently being relegated out of the Football League. So they may not be the, the world's oldest league club for much longer unless Alan Smith turns it around. <laughs> Would you think it was a bit harsh on uh, John Sheridan to be sacked after losing nine games in a row? <laughs> yeah, but the thing <laughs> is, Notts County go through so many managers. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what happened? Remember back in the day, it was that like Sven staff and... Yeah, yeah. Were they well, Casper Smart money didn't really sort of exist. And, well, yeah. Sol Campbell as well. Yeah, Sol. That was... Re- yeah, because they, they had a sugar daddy come in and he yeah. thought, yeah, let's well, do it. Or did they? Well, I don't it know. Never, it just didn't seem to actually happen, did, did it? Sol sort of rode up. It was it was almost like they were the Chinese Super League for a yeah. week or two. And Ka- Sol Campbell turned up and he was like, yeah, I want to be part of this project. And I thought, this is rubbish. Do you remember, I mean, I th- I th- wasn't that around the same time that QPR was supposedly like the richest club on earth? And we were looking at a future dominated by Notts County and QPR. Yeah, but I'd n- love to see that timeline. <laughs> since since, um, since March 2015, Notts County have had seven managers. They, they go through them. They absolutely go through them. Since July 2010, they've had... 10, 12, 15 managers. That's crazy. They've had that. 15 managers in seven years. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not um, hugely surprising. I mean, John Sheridan, to be fair, he was there for a while in comparison yeah. to the others. Um, Notts County, that, one of my favourite facts about them is they went to play at, I think it was when Juventus had their new stadium. Yeah, because they got the they lent them the yeah. kit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, got a one-all draw. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. I wonder if Juventus was, were... he, was it Lee, Lee Hughes played for them. Up were, front? Juventus, were Juventus applying themselves? <laughs> are, you, are you choosing to believe that they were? It's the first game of the stadium, mate. Yeah. You've got to put it all in. It's true. Lots County with it. Yeah. Come on, with an 88th minute equaliser. Go, that was crazy in the corner. Loving it. Gah, yeah, that's, that's what football's all about. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh dear. Right, should we have some highlights of the week? Luke? Yeah, I've got a few here. Um, first one up from Dave McDonald. Hello to you, Dave. He said my highlight of the festive period was the glory stat that if Carlos Tevez set fire to a £10 note, he would make the money back before it finished burning. <laughs> Just as well, Pete's not here. Someone replied to that. Genuinely, someone replied. James Edrup has replied, and they're saying, I dare Pete to do it on tonight's pod. <laughs> Sadly, Pete's not <laughs> yeah, here. Not but I would like to think that he's burning £10 notes somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Ten dollar notes. On on that, Carlos Tevez. My highlight was George Mendes, Ronaldo's agent, doing some unnecessary PR for him because obviously Tevez is now the highest played paid player in the world. Oscar's just got there for big money. Um, Ronaldo never to be outdone. Yeah. George Mendes is basically like, well, Ronaldo's had offers from China. Yeah. Like, much bit like 100 million a season and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, he's brilliant and he won the thing with Portugal. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, okay, you, don't worry. Didn't he, didn't he say, um, <laughs> Ronaldo, for, yeah, for absolutely no reason, he said, Ronaldo won the European Championship with Portugal. Mm. It's like winning the Italian League with Genoa. Yeah. yeah. Where's that cover? General, what were you getting us involved for? <laughs> we haven't said anything. Us. Yeah, we said nothing. Yeah, Cristiano is the best player in the world and best ever. <laughs> is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about Yeah, don't worry. There's, there's, there's a big project going on and your man's not been asked yet. Yeah, but that's okay. exactly what he says to, to Cristiano Ronaldo in the form of a text message every morning. Yeah. <laughs> to keep him perked up. Um, Jaco van der Volt, uh, he says, uh, Jack Wilshere coming another 90 minutes closer to exposing Arsenal's injury treatment system for the butcher's shop. It's so obvious. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> looks, it. Maybe Arsene Wenger is like a secret maniac. Yeah, Wilshire looks so reliable. Like he looks so robust. Looks solid, doesn't he? One of the most he robust does. players in the Premier League now. <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've got one here from Reese Laverty. Hello to you, Reese. So I got married on the 17th of December. So congratulations to you. Mm. He says to move on to my highlight. 
I introduced the wife to her first ramble experience on a London to Bath road trip for a New Year's visit to the in-laws. Her knowledge of football fossilised sometime around the Arsenal Invincible era when she was a kid, so an abundance of Gunnosaurus chat in that episode gave her something to hang on to. <laughs> also, probably best to ease her in with an episode that was missing Pete. Yeah. Great, yeah. Pete, bring Pete in later on. <laughs> yeah. You can listen to this one safely as well. Uh, next right. one, just ease her in gently. Mm. Maybe ten-minute chunks. <laughs> Any more? No more. I, yeah, th- did you see the strange thing that happened in Rwanda in the league there? No. Very, very weird. A player, um, a player put something into the opposition net. Oh, I did see uh, And then about five minutes later he scored and mm. then the other team went absolutely mad and the Rwandan FA reacted by officially banning witchcraft. Yeah. Crazy. Very, did you know what he put odd. in the net? I'm not entirely sure. A broomstick. It reminds me of... Um, in. Oh, yeah, is it, was he the sweeper? <laughs> yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, you happy with that? I am, yeah. Can I tell you the, can I tell you an anecdote which is about to include Neville Southall? Yes. Yep. Can I link that somehow? Quickly. There was a book out called In Search of Perfection by Neville Southall, and it was like half goalkeeper training book and half sort of autobiography. Mm. Um, I might have talked about it before many years ago, but one of his tips on being a great keeper was don't put your water bottle or your towel or your cap, mm. going back now, caps, you don't yeah. see goalkeepers wearing caps now, uh, into the goal because it gives a good striker something to aim at. Ah. Always move it outside the box, so maybe he, outside the goal, so maybe he was just putting something to aim at. So mm. he, could, he could hit the corner. Oh, right, or it was witchcraft. Yeah. It could have been witchcraft. It could have been. And it worked. Could have been. Well, I'll tell you is. what, these teams needed witchcraft to get through that those Premier League fixtures this yeah. week. Has witchcraft been bad from the Premier League, I want to know? Uh, I wonder if they've gotten around to that. It's only a matter of time. Well, there we are. Something for uh, Scudamore to look into. <laughs> um, <laughs> you will get to that at some point. <laughs> Got to justify his position, isn't it? Yeah, he? that's right. Uh, what any... are you doing this week, Richard? <laughs> Mostly witchcraft stuff, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't believe the load I've got on. Yeah. <laughs> um, any more for any more? No more from me. We're done. Um, well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. It's been a pleasure uh, having you here. We are back, of course, with the preview show at the end of the week. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. Thanks. Goodbye from me. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.